Hey, so today on Vulnerable, I have Raven Gates Gottschalk, and she is such a sweetheart. I cannot wait for us to talk about all things Bachelor and Baby. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is the Vulnerable Podcast. Raven, thank you so much for taking the time today. Like, this is very cool. The last time we spoke, I think you were just getting married. It was like right before, right? Yes, yes. It was like such a good conversation with you too. I was so oh, excited to have you on my podcast at the time. Yes. Uh, I've I've moved on since then, but it was Oh, are you so... busy? You're just a little busy, right? <laughs> I'm just too busy. <laughs> it's true, man. These yeah, podcasts, so. podcasts are kind of hard. I mean, now you can understand, you probably understand like more than anyone. It's very hard to balance this stuff, you know, and with you, it's like, you've got all the branding, all the, you know, you've got so much going on. I'm so excited to like get into all of that and how you've built this presence online. And I'm sure you have tons of fans. Me being one of them, by the way. Oh, you're so sweet. That's like, I would die if I thought like in my childhood, I would be talking to you. I would absolutely be dying. I, I mean, I am dying. But... <laughs> That's very, and I was remembering that too, from like our podcast conversation. I remember I was like, I think she was a fan. And I guess that makes sense. But you know, what's crazy. So, okay. So bachelor I was always kind of like confused and you may be my first you definitely are my first bachelor bachelorette like person bachelor nation bachelor yeah. paradise like that's <laughs> it I'm really excited to talk to you because I respect you first and foremost Thank and so I sweet. I was really confused growing up not growing up but like having that whole like girl power thing like drilled into me. I went to like a female college and it was like the whole like, you know, feminist kind of concept there. So I originally went into like hate watching The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. And uh -huh. I think a lot of people do do that because it's, <laughs> it's good entertainment for right. those that really believe the story of love and like finding your Prince Charming or princess or whatever. And yeah. then also just hate watching and you talk, <laughs> you drink wine and you talk crap with your friends about all the girls. Well, so here's the thing. I, and this is where I think that the good side of my feminist side was like coming out. I hate watched it only because only for the first like one or two episodes. And then I was of mm -hmm. course hooked, right? Because of the yeah. editing and they're so smart. They know what they're doing. It's way yes. more narrative, which I'd love to get into too, than people realize. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I was hooked at the resilience that the women had because they really Absolutely. were, you know, everyone there was putting themselves out there equally and yeah. being, you know, vulnerable. And, you know, I remember connecting to your character because I felt like you were really wholesome and authentically you. And you were Thank like, this you. is, yeah, no, 100%. Like I was rooting for you till the very end. Like when you, and this is how I didn't even put two and two together, to be honest. And then I was like, oh my gosh, she's my girl. Like, I loved her so much. Like Aww. this was honestly the one like main season that I sat down and watched and yeah. was like actually invested in. So I've had that experience of being like the fan specifically of you. Anyway, I digress. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yes. It's, it's really like a social experiment and you get hmm. to watch this crazy social experiment happen. Okay. And it's definitely how you handle yourself through that social experience yeah. is how you kind of get portrayed, you know? 
Okay, so. so let's talk about, because like on Vulnerable, I really like to start at the beginning, just in general, and like what led you to make certain decisions and the journey, and then, you know, eventually catching up and going from there to present day. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it's like a lot of people know you from, you know, the show, but that's not really enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can, yeah. Can you talk to me more about like, like where you're from? Did you want to be sort of in the entertainment industry? Did you not really understand what that was like? Um, you know, who, who inspired <laughs> you? Like all that stuff of, yeah. of growing up. No, I'm, I'm from a small town of 2000 people and I come from like very humble beginnings and really it wasn't until college and my back was up against a wall that mm -hmm. I made some life-changing decisions and I was very comfortable in my hometown. I knew mm -hmm. everyone, everyone knows you. And it's yeah. just like a really, honestly, it's like a precious way of living. I yeah. feel like, because mm -hmm. it's, it's like a community and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But what led me to go on the bachelor was um, I was in my first year of law school. Uh -huh. I was in my first committed relationship uh -huh. and all in the same week, I found out that my dad had uh, lung cancer and he oh had God. at the time given three months to live. Yeah. And then I walked in on my first love mm. having sex mm. in our bed with another woman. You guys live together? Yeah. The same, the, all this happened the same week. That and sucks. I had law school finals. <laughs> no, that that's the worst part. That's the worst. No, it's not actually the worst part. I I'm sorry. Not the father part. My, I remember when my dad was diagnosed with his stage four, cause it had come back and it, it was a really, 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 it's, it's very, it's, that's crazy Raven. And I want to talk yes. about that. Cause like Wow. So you're coming from a place of sort of being very sheltered and like, yeah, very I mean, naive. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, would you have considered yourself sheltered at that time? You know, my parents really wanted me to experience life. Like they mm -hmm. did everything they could to get me out and like mm -hmm. to see the world and like get out and envision life different. And Got it. both of them were so with the means that they could got you showed me other things. Got you. And so I always felt like I could go anywhere, do anything, got you. be anybody. You didn't feel stuck. I never felt stuck. Yeah. But yeah. in that moment I did because yeah. my, it was almost like a part of my innocence was gone. Like for sure. That feeling oh you have of your first love and then finding mm -hmm. out that that was all in your head. That was not your first love. That's right. like not even a thing. He doesn't right. even view me as his mm -hmm. love. And then mm -hmm. also when you're young, you take for granted your parents in, mm -hmm. in that moment, it was mm -hmm. done. I would, I was never going to take for granted my parents ever again. Like there mm -hmm. were just so many. And so I quit law school, went okay. home mm -hmm. to take care of my dad and be with him in his final months. Yeah. Thankfully, I find out on The Bachelor that he gets, he's in remission, which is bizarre, oh, bizarre. Yeah. But that led me to start my own business because mm -hmm. I had moved home. I had no mm -hmm. money. And mm -hmm. I mean, everything good in my life has happened because my back was up against the wall and I had to make a move. 
Interesting. So then, okay, there's so there's so many ways to unpack this because I really, <laughs> I do honestly like so many people want like the tidbits of info, and I feel like you're yeah. probably used to having to like boil down these like really like traumatic events <laughs> into like these yeah. bite-sized bite things for people to click yes. on or like be this. And truth be told, it's like sometimes we'll like, we'll like take a piece out for the podcast and like show people and be like, hey, click on it. And like, yes. I get it. Like that's a part of this like media training that everybody's yeah. trained to do. What I've always enjoyed about having convos is, is, is that authenticness. And, and, and I feel like you're a person that really is very much herself. And, um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, were you, okay. So the thing about you being sort of split into three there, it, it's really fascinating to me to unpack it a little bit more because it's what got you on the bachelor. Yeah. Like it's it the whole reason was. like you did it. Right. So, absolutely. so like you find this guy doing this horrible thing with this hussy and that <laughs> although I'm not yeah. trying to hate on her but like she has no yeah, yeah yeah and then um and then your priorities are literally split into three because yeah. nobody goes to law school and is like yeah you know is it hard like it's hard like it is hard yes and so you know you must have been extremely like you were in it was, I don't know if this person if, was your ex like in law school with you. Is that what? No, he was a, he was a doctor. So okay. he was, he, he had his own thing. Yeah, yeah. He was. But still it was like, you literally had three roads. You could have gone down. Totally, totally. You could have, you could have tried to make it work with him for some weird reason, which I'm so glad you didn't. Yes. You could have, you could have been like, I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to just focus on school. But what made you decide, besides him and, and it being probably very stressful with the finals and everything, was there like a calling? Did you pray on it? Like what, what really guided you in that moment to like kind of do something different or make that I, I truly think it was divine intervention in my life to yeah. pull back the ropes. It was like I was riding a horse and we were going you know, nine to nothing, full, full speed. And mm -hmm. it was like, God had just ranked the reins on me and said, Whoa, yeah, you got to flip this upside down. And this is not your destiny. And I feel like had these horrible things not happened back to back to back right. that I would have continued on a path that was not for me. That was wow. not what I was supposed to do. That was not who I was supposed to be with. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the song, God bless the broken road. Yes. That oh, I love that is song. my song because yeah. I feel like every broken road led me to my husband. It led me yeah. to my baby, you know, yeah. every, every broken thing in my life was for good, you know, it was yeah. like ashes into beauty. And yeah, it's so hard to see that when you're in it. Yes. And then once you get past it, you're like, thank God, what was I thinking? Like if yeah. I have only seen what I now yeah you know? yeah 100 like like what <laughs> advice would you give to yourself now to that girl then is there anything that you would think you would want her to mm. know or do you feel like you did it right and like you did the best thing you did for yourself today's episode is brought to you by angie angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well let me tell you there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you you watch them do it the right way and you go thank god i didn't try to do that myself i have fully 
done things around the home that I think look good. And then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. I think there's so much that I would go back and tell myself to try to prevent what had happened. And I wouldn't want to do that because like I said, Mm. I think I was just full steam of full steam ahead and all of the bad choices that I made, I wouldn't take them back because it propelled me into the future a little bit better than before. It took away my innocence and my being so naive, the things that I went through during that season, but it also made me into the person that I am. I needed that growth in my life that I hadn't had before, you know? A hundred percent. Were you just like super type A, like, like working super hard and like getting through college and then it's like, bam, bam, bam. Like you kind of were in that mode. I kind of, I was always the type that like I told my mom when I graduated high school that I didn't think I was smart enough to go to college. Okay. And my mom is like, you're kind of, that's kind of bizarre because now you're (laughs) going to law school. Like I always underestimated myself but I always, it was like, I always had to prove it to me that mm. I could do it. Interesting. And I never believed in myself. I never had that. I envied people that had that self-confidence. I never, mm. ever had that. And some of those things made me have that self-confidence, you know, some of the bad yeah. things I went through made me put on, pull myself up by the bootstraps and like, get on with my life, move forward. Yeah. That resilience. It's sometimes a lot of it is, you're right. A lot of it is fake it till you make it. And it is. I just told a friend, (laughs) we have two friends staying with us. And I told her, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. Like even professional people, I don't think they know what they're doing. They're just faking it till they make it. A hundred percent. You know what? That's a really good point. Cause like the algorithms and like the that everybody's like, oh, follow me for more inspo and like everything I know. And it's yes. like, it's all snake oil. Like it's it true. Is. Yeah, it totally is. It's like Rihanna says, mm-hmm. you don't feel like a bad, you know, bee every day, then you fake it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yes. I do. I fake it, Rihanna. Yes, he yes. Knows. Yeah, and there's there's nothing wrong with faking being a bad bitch. That's yeah. 100%. I agree. Yes. I, I Girl, you have, you are throwing me like, that is good. That is all very good I feel like I'm like, just. No, no, that's what this is for. (laughs) Please. No, please. You know, usually it's like we can be in person and you know, what's crazy. So let's, I just want to mention how we met. It was through social media. 
And it was through the podcast, but it had also been, I think we had done a giveaway together or something, right? Yes, it was a giveaway, yes. We did some giveaways and it was one of the last ways that Instagram was like, and people were trying to grow a bit, was doing these giveaways because it was kind of during the pandemic and people were wanting to like, like get some, you know, Amazon gift cards and it was like really helpful. So a lot of like mom influencers and other influencers were getting together and everybody was just trying to help out. And and yes. it was a lot of fun. I remember that being a really, you know, popular giveaway, but the, the best part people loved it. to come out of it was that, you know, we got to chat on girls night yes. and, and that is such a good episode. I think that episode is, is still really? up in- Yes. And it Aww. is so good. It's one of my favorite episodes because you, you were vulnerable in that Probably. podcast too. It yeah. was so good. So everybody needs it. It's called girls night. I'm not mm-hmm. on there any longer. My friend still is, but, yeah. um, you were awesome. I oh, just you're so really love that podcast. Oh, thank so you. I think for a while, you know, so many people, they, like I said, they want to boil down your experience when they know you for one or two things. And so for me, like I can relate to your experience of like growing and like having people understand your point of view on things and like who you are, because you have been through so much and you're not just like trying to brand that, you know, as much as you're trying to brand like the happiness in your life and the joy. And some people, some people think that's all there is. And it's, and it's nice to have a way, like the podcast is a way to like, really like tell people about like the journey. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it's just like the YouTube and, um, podcasting. It's like an outlet mm-hmm. to like, for people to get to know you better, because that's yeah. also how you get genuine, um, you know, engagement conversations and, and mm. yes. And engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you can get to know the people that support you. And since there are so many people out there, it's like, you can find your niche Yeah, you being can. who you are, like being yourself is actually valuable. And yes. Right. What do you, and you're going to be, mm-hmm. you're like going to be misunderstood no matter what, like no, <laughs> no one's ever going to like, you're never going to win the audience 100%. But if you can find a few of those people that really support you and you can talk to and have like that true engagement with, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. really feels like you're doing something helpful, even though you're yeah. just being yourself. Yes. Like, I'm a hundred percent where you're at with that right now. I really, truly am. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is I guess we're moving forward in our little journey here. And so we throw him to the curb we yeah. forget about him and then we move over to dad and then the audition comes into play. Like, how does that happen? Did somebody like send you the link? Were you watching it? Were you a fan? I, honest to goodness, I had never watched a season full through. I would like okay. every once in a while, a girlfriend would be like, let's have a line not and talk crap, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, it, it kind of came full circle too, because the episode I watched was Ben Higgins with Jojo and Becca. Okay. Um, and I just love them so much. And now I'm friends with them. It's just so yeah. bizarre how, the, yeah. how it works. <laughs> yeah. But I was just at Jojo's wedding. It's like so crazy. Like I, I thought she was like the best. And yeah. I, I actually was, uh, had started a business and I was starting to reconnect with my ex. Uh-oh. And I thought to myself, I cannot get back in this situation. Interesting. What, how do I get out? How do I get out of this situation? And I have no idea why I thought 
out of all the things I could have done, I'm like, yeah. I should apply to go on the bachelor. And I did. Wow. That That's is really how I applied myself. And I just, you know, they, they wanted a video interview and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't stupid. I had no, like, I had no like TV experience or anything, right. but I wasn't stupid. Like right. they wanted someone that had an interesting story. Mm. And I thought, you know what? All these bad things are happening to me. Everyone would find out anyway, if I was on TV, let me just mm. tell it in my mm-hmm. audition interview mm-hmm. for better, mm-hmm. or for worse. Right. I quit law school. I opened a business, walked in on my boyfriend and my dad yeah. has lung cancer. Yeah. And I get on the show, you know, <laughs> you're <so>. like, <laughs> I was authentically myself and it yes. was my niche. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. It's kind of funny because <laughs> I don't know if you've seen these SNL skits. Have you seen them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you like crack up laughing when you watched it or were you like a little triggered? <laughs> no, I thought it was so funny because you have to laugh at it. You have you to t- laugh at yourself. And like yeah. uh, being on TV, especially like The Bachelor, you're a, you're a caricature of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it truly is like you were saying, there's only like slices. People see it's not like the whole pie of a person. Right. And right. so you have to laugh at those skits and stuff because it is probably what people view you as you know like a southern talking like where's my wine you know top girl is probably what they see me as you know? see the so the one I saw on SNL was actually it was probably a more recent one then because it was all of the girls were actually just from LA and they were all actresses <laughs> they were all actresses yes. and they were like from LA and I was like I'm- has it become more of that? I feel like over time. Yes, I do feel like our group of girls was the last, yeah. last set of girls that really, now were some of them on there to get the fame? Yeah. But uh-huh. I, I think there were a lot of my girls that were really wanting to find love. And I think that was the last season of that many girls actually thinking they're going to fall in love. Yeah. Hey, respect. And like, actually I have to ask, I mean, like, Okay, so like, what was the experience like? Yeah. I mean, look, Nick's a really good-looking guy. He's like, yeah, obviously very good-looking guy. He's he's even more handsome in person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, he looks he, like that actor from those. Um, oh my gosh, you know who it is? He's that actor from those movies um, uh, with uh, Shailene Woodley. What was those movies? Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, What's his I know name? exactly who you're talking about. Oh my gosh, what is his name? He is. Yeah, right? Hot. Yeah, he yes, looks like yes. him. And I think he's in the time traveler's wife right now. Maybe Elizabeth yes. can Google him for me and I'll tell you his name. Um, yes, agreed. But, but yeah, like he has that look about him. And then you're like, oh, he's got the puppy dog eyes and like the light hair and like, yeah. you know, and his whole story, right, was that like he hadn't found love in like the previous yes. seasons. Fourth time's so, the charm or something, I think they said. You're like, mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, you know, what's so funny is that people always ask me if I'm still in touch with like Shia. So yes. I'm sure that so many people are still like, I see you in touch with Nick. And it's like, is that annoying? <laughs> no, like, um, I wouldn't say we're in touch, but we're friendly. Yeah. And yeah. like when I got engaged, he sent which I thought was so extremely nice of him. He sent a bo- two bottles of wine and champagne to my house, like to oh, celebrate. Oh, was classy. Yeah, I've I always had a really fun time with Nick, and yeah. I have nothing really bad to say about him. And Great. we really never talked until like the pandemic. We had never spoken to each other. 
So I think he had, I think there's a few like podcasts he did where he was kind of bad mouthing me, but I'm like, you've never talked what? to me. Like you he don't know, know you me. that well. And then we had a conversation and he was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm like, yeah, I know you didn't know. Like, you know, like, but it's well, all relative to your experience. Right. So yeah. I think he just, well, that's not good that he was doing that, but yeah, it's like, did he really know you that well with the time that you guys spend together or was it more or less I don't like guided so. dates? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard I, to do that. <laughs> yeah. I spent way more time with Adam, my husband, my husband who I met yeah. on paradise than yeah. I did with Nick the whole season. And I was with him for like probably a solid two weeks and I spent more time with him, which is 24 hours. You know, so that's right. a lot of time if you're dating in the wor- real world. So yeah. you, you get to the questions fast. Like, do you want kids? What do you believe in? What's your religion? Where do you yep. work? Like you get through those so you yep. can move on to the next or like try to make it work. So I actually have more time with Adam on paradise than I ever did with Nick, but every time I will say Nick and I just had a lot of fun we like every date we went on everything we did was really fun I don't think there was like that romantic connection we were just like right we just had so much fun yeah and and then I think probably coming off of it though a lot of people talk about like what it's like on and of course they do their like you know reunion episodes or you guys talk about the show itself but I'm always more interested about like what what's life like immediately after like when I left Disney or like, you know, it's like, yes. what is life, what was life like for you? Were you kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to guess I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go back to my business. My dad's in remission. Yeah, like, what was that I, like? I had a really hard time because uh, like I said, I come from a town of 2000 people and then yeah. all of a sudden overnight, I got, had a million followers. I, I was just like so lost and mm. depressed almost mm. because mm-hmm. I had so much love and so much hate all at the same time. Like I told, I was talking to one of the executive producers at one time we were wrapping up filming and I said, like, how many people watch the show? Like, I didn't even know. And yeah. he said, oh, let me look. He's like on his phone. Oh, it's projected to be 18 million this season. <gasps> Oh my and God. I like had a panic attack. Cause I was like 18 million. Like my brain can't even process that. Like I had never been out of the country until being on the show. Mm. Like I, yeah. this was just bizarre to me. And so when yeah. I came off of the show, it was really hard because we're not made for so many people to love us and to think like we're God. And then mm. for mm-hmm. so many people to hate us and think we're the absolute devil. Like it is Oof. a bizarre, like mind twister, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. That's crazy. And and one of my, (laughs) one of my producers told me, and, and I remembered this during this moment, he told, he Mm -hmm. said, your life is about to change. You don't realize it, realize it yet, but I want you to always remember that you're not as bad as what they say you are. And you're not as good as what they say you are. That's interesting. He said, keep the balance. And Mm -hmm. I have always remembered that all everyone that sings your praises, you know, you're not that good. And everyone Mm. that gives you all the hate, you're not that bad. So yeah, that that helped me kind of navigate that those words. Dang, that's really good. That's really good. I've never heard that before. And that is very good. I also find that interesting that the producer told you that was it a male or female? A male. 
The male. Interesting. Yeah. Were the yeah. producers pretty, were they pretty kind to you over the years? Like, wh where, did you get to see the same producers? Was it kind of like a little family that way? Yeah, I had the same producers. And mm -hmm. um, one of the producers, uh, executive producers left. And now he is a writer for like Netflix shows and things like that. So it's like really yeah. cool to st still be in touch with him because this is a side of the, of my, of a world I didn't know existed. And now I have a direct yeah. contact. It's like so oh, cool. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then the producers are actual like one-on-one -on -one producers. I still talk to, to this day. Yeah. They were very mm -hmm. instrumental in Adam and I having a relationship. I feel like. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's I have so a really bizarre. great idea. I have a really great idea and I want to tell it to you, but I don't want to tell it to you here because somebody might take it because it's such a good yes. idea, but it's yeah. about, it's about like Netflix. That's all I'm going to say. That's okay. all. Okay. And then we'll talk okay. about it offline. Yes. Um, okay. So it was hard. And so when you, so you moved back home or did you, did you realize you had the, the influence and you were like, I'm going to get out. I'm going to monetize. Like, what was that transition like? Then? Yeah, I came, I, uh, came home, went back to work because yeah. I had a business and, right. uh, people started showing up to the point, like I was exhausted every day. I was crying every day. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? Like, I'm just oh, not Lord. cut out for this. Yeah. And, um, I kind of, went straight the same year that the show aired I got mm -hmm. sent off to paradise so oh. that's when I met Adam so okay. it was I think the show in wrapped up like on mm -hmm. air in mm -hmm. April okay like that and then yeah. I was on the beach in June where I met Adam okay so we're now meeting Adam and I'm sure that that was a probably interesting experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the, one of the producers told me, he said, um, he invited me to his home and he yeah. said, don't get into a relationship with anyone because we're planning on making you the next bachelorette. Get out of town. Does everybody yes. know this or is this exclusive? No, this is exclusive. I've never, I've never told it. This came oh from my God, we have an exclusive. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks, Raven. <laughs> that was I would have one, watched that show. <laughs> right. And that was one producer that one of the executive producers told me that. Yeah. And so yeah. he's like, just have fun. We'll take care uh -huh. of you. Just don't get into a relationship. Well, Christy, it was like div like again, divine mm -hmm. intervention, something in my spirit. I'm, t I'm, this was like a spiritual moment in my life told me mm -hmm. stick with Adam. This is your soulmate. And I could not break up with him and I could not get away from him. Not in like a, <laughs> a toxic mm -hmm. I way, know what you mean. I know what you in mean. a spiritual way. It was like, God mm -hmm. himself was telling me you better not break up with him. And thank God I didn't, because you know what happened? <laughs> you know what happened? <laughs> Becca and Ari had uh -huh. just split, uh -huh. and he proposed to his runner-up, so they gave the lead to Becca. Aha! Uh -huh. But I had already decided at this point that <laughs> I was going to stick with Adam, so it was mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if it would have ever happened, but... Becca is sassy. I follow yes. her on social. She was part of, I think she was part of that giveaway. And she is so oh, yeah. sassy. She, might, she, yeah, I think she was actually. Yeah, yeah. I think she was. Cause that's how she came onto my radar. And I was like, all these beautiful ladies. Oh wait, I know her. I know her. Yeah. And yeah. so since, since the giveaway, I followed Becca and I've seen her stuff and I'm like, oh, she's sassy. Oh, she cut her hair. Oh, she's so sassy. Yeah. And I like her. I like her, but she's totally different vibes. Yeah. And 
Um, and, and she would be, I guess, great to chat with too. I mean, it's so interesting. It must be for you guys to keep in touch with each other. And I, I like, and it's interesting. How do you guys usually keep in touch with each other? Is it through Instagram or you guys have like a, like a text chain or. Yeah. Coming off the show, we had like a huge group chat and Adam okay. still has his <laughs> group chat. It's called the Rose boys. And it's like, it's, <laughs> It has some piping hot tea in that group chat. I like love I'm sure to it does. dive into that. That would be its own podcast. Its there should be their podcast. own podcast for yes. sure. <laughs> but throughout the years, like it's it's also hard because everyone lives all over the country, right? So it's very hard right. to see everyone. But right. you know, when we go out to LA, we see our LA friends. When we're yeah. here in Texas, people come visit us if they have like a, a stop before they go on to the next destination. So that's kind of how we do it. Yeah, it's just like a family. It kind of just becomes that way. Yeah, because once say, you go through this weird thing, it's like hard not to, <laughs> you know, like no one else knows how it was. It's like very strange. I do know how you feel, just yeah. in a Disney, a Disneyfied version of that. Exactly, exactly. Which, speaking of, does the alcohol really impair the contestants' judgment enough to like be like physical with one another, or is that like just something they kind of make you think is like? No, it's one hundred percent a thing. And okay. during my so during my season of Paradise, we had this mm-hmm. big scandal happen, and they shut down mm-hmm. production and sent us back to the to the states. <gasps> I and, remember that. I remember that. Yeah. He hooked yes. up and with, from oh my gosh. That, from that point forward, they limited two drinks an hour. I think it was one or two drinks an hour. And I was like in my, on my season, I black, I, some celebrities would like come mm-hmm. to the house. Okay. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm saying this is the first time I'm admitting <laughs> this. I... You don't have to. We can cut it out. We have promise. No, I'll say it. She'll probably think it's funny. Um, Amanda Seafried came to the mansion. Oh, yeah. And when I got off the show, I saw that she followed me. And I was oh. like, oh, my gosh, Amanda Seafried, that's so cool. Yeah. And I messaged her, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you so nice. Whatever you're following me. She's like, yes, it was so nice meeting you in the mansion. You're the only one I, re- I truly remembered and, like, followed. And I was like, I was blacked <laughs> out. I never met her. She <gasps> met this other oh, side of me. No. Because oh, no. there this were, other side of you. <laughs> I have never met her. She Who is she? Me. She's raving with an eye. Yeah. Ravine or something. Ravine, yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I can't remember meeting her. But that's how much alcohol was flowing at all times. At all times. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I, I, I can't imagine it's to, to hurt you guys. I think it's more or less just to keep the anxieties at bay. No, I or think it's it? I think it's for the entertainment purposes because oh, in my shoot, opinion. Really? I want to believe the best, right? Like I want to try. I to know. I know. I do think You're it's like, for no, entertainment. They... Yeah. Okay. It's for entertainment okay. for sure. Dang. Okay. Okay. But you had fun, right? I Most had, of the time. I, I had so much fun. The, the parts yeah. I can remember were great. <laughs> but it was, yeah, oh, I had a lot of fun and I definitely, I also took being on the show as like a spring break that I'll never get back in my whole life. I don't have to work. Yeah. I don't have my phone. I'm going to like go all out. And I did. So yeah, good um, for you. <laughs> I do not okay, drink so- like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, once you become a mom too, it's like, you're like, uh, what do they call it? I don't even know, but it's like, you have a couple drinks and you're done. Yeah, and so, exactly. 
I mean, for me too, like, I think I might have mentioned this on Girls' Night, like, I kind of did the whole binge drinking thing through my 20s. So by the time I was pregnant, and I was just like, I think I'll be done now. So yeah, like, ever since totally. I got pregnant, I mean, the thing is, is like, I have no problem with other people drinking. Like I actually love it. Like I love it for yeah. them, especially yeah. if they're doing it in a way that's like fun and like no one's getting hurt and they're not having feeling a good like, time. Yeah. Right. Like I'm totally like, I'm the one that loves that energy because then I can be sillier too. Like yeah, I can match that, you know? Yes. Yes. I'm perfectly fine with it. So sometimes I, if I find it kind of, it, it kind of breaks my heart if people are like, Oh, are you, are you okay that I'm drinking? I'm like, please, <laughs> it's okay. You know? Yes. But, yes. but like for real, like how it, so now I want to guess go keep going in terms of the timeline where y'all met and I remember reading articles where you were like well he's from California and he's very different from me and yeah. I'm this small town girl um how in every how diff- way okay so how different <laughs> from like Nick though was he or was Nick just completely not even comparable because mm. Nick was like his own his own batch of crazy I felt like Yeah. I felt like Nick was very shut off from the process because he had done it so many times. Like Ah, us as first contestants were more naive to the process and he knew, he knew the producers and how it worked. He knew how you could be edited. And he, he knew, he knew, he knew too much to be. Yeah. To actually fall. Yeah. Like for real. Mm, That's tough. That's tough. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess you can understand now, like going through like what that experience must be like. Absolutely. To have to second guess everything, especially as a guy. Like I, I got to think, and I, and I wonder how your husband feels about this. Like as a guy, is it emasculating to go on The Bachelor? Even though you have all these women like throwing themselves at you, other guys in their jealousy or their ignorance of, you know, because they say they don't watch the show and then they're like, yes, they watch the show, glue, yes. 100% hooked. Um, I wonder how, was that hard for him to experience over time too? Like, how did he not shut himself off when he, for when he met you? He, he was very worried that it would affect his work. And I think that's like why a lot of, a lot of the men quit their jobs because their work does not want that attached to their company. And what was great was that Adam is in commercial real estate. So people don't call him and like, Hey, I watched the show. Can you sell this, you know, target for me or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like they don't do that. And his boss is super supportive. So when he got on the show, so when we had the shutdown, the big scandal on my season, Mm. we, all of us Mm -hmm. girls had taken off from work. So we just went to Dallas, which was central Mm -hmm. and we met up with everybody and I met Adam uh-huh. here in Dallas and we had ah. like, there was like this weird connection, like spark and yeah. we got the call to go back on the beach. And I think oh, that initial spark yeah. is what made us both kind of be like, Hey, we need to figure out what this was in Dallas, you know, smart. How funny. And now you're in Dallas all over again. I know. It's like deja vu. <laughs> That's really crazy. Why? Wait a minute. What? So why Dallas again? Why are you guys back in Dallas? Well, Adam has lived here for 10 years. He grew oh, up in okay. LA, but he's lived here Got for it. 10 years. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, as much as he's grown up in California, I've been here 
in Austin for almost not even two. And I still love Texas. So Texas pride, it becomes a thing like really quickly (laughs) for people who are here. Everything's bigger (laughs) and better in Texas. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for real though, like when you go to the, where we have H-E-B, do you guys have H-E-B? Uh, not in Dallas, we don't. Okay, so it must be an awesome thing, but people love their H-E-B here. Yeah, And like, even if you go to wherever, they'll have, well, these are, this is a regular potato, an organic potato. <laughs> this is a Texas potato. <laughs> yes, yes. It's so funny, and it makes sure it has the state of Texas on the potato, Absolutely. so you know. Absolutely, <laughs> I love that. It is. They're they're loud and proud. And, you know, if you live here, you got to just join into the chorus, you, I guess. You can't you know? beat them. You got to join them. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you guys, you hit it off in Bachelor in Paradise. It's, an, and it's another spring break for you guys. Yes. And then, like, obviously you guys are, you're hinged together at that point. Did you guys, um, forgive my ignorance on this, but did you guys actually get engaged at the end of that? No, we didn't. We waited okay. two years afterwards to get engaged. Okay. So we, okay. I tell everyone that we really got to know each other before we got engaged. And I mean, you still learn things about your spouse, especially when you both become new parents and all of that. But oh, we were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were from two totally different backgrounds, like different yeah. religions, different socioeconomics, mm-hmm. like everything was different, but it, yeah. we're like, on paper, it looks like we would not work. And yeah. then when we started really diving into things, we just kind of like meshed and fold, folded together. It was like yin and yang, you know, Interesting. and it just worked so perfectly. It was like a puzzle. Oh, piece. that's nice. That's really nice. I feel, yeah. I, and, and I feel like that with my husband. Um, do you guys feel like there are, there is connectivity? Like where did you find similarities with him then? rather than you, you're talking about you guys were very different, like on paper, but then what are the things that you guys actually do connect on that really brought you yeah. to love him and want to be your life partner? That's I what think, I think it was because we had our basic foundations the same. Like we had mm-hmm. this, we had the same destination. We wanted to be married forever. No divorce. That was a goal. We yeah. wanted um, our children to be multicultural and mm-hmm. to experience life and mm. be in different situations. And we were on the same mm-hmm. page as that. And then mm-hmm. we also loved to travel. We wanted to travel the world and we did. And, and we mm-hmm. just, the very underlying, like the bedrock of our relationship was very similar. Everything that was layered on top of it was different. Oh, that's, that's actually really wonderful. You know, some people, they meet online and I've known a lot of people and I guess you're kind of lucky too. Cause you didn't really, did you, did you date online at all ever? My one boyfriend I, I met on Tinder and I believe uh, Tinder to this day. That see, was- <laughs> no sponsored, no sponsored content for Tinder. Never. Go away Tinder. <laughs> but like my 20 year old nephew lived with us for a minute and he was trying really hard to like connect with people in a new area. Yeah. And- um, it was so sad to like see it. Um, now I'm not saying it's like always bad because there's certain ones that like bumble or whatever, where like the girl makes the first move and like, but, but it is, it is, I feel like so great when you can have a story to tell and man, do you guys have a story, but like, and it's filmed too, but like, like Brendan and I, like we come from like very different, right? Like he was a punk rock singer. I was just like, you know, child actor. And then, and then like he 
you know, went to Iraq and like, I mean, he saw so many crazy things. And then I was like, just like in a really dark place. And then like, we both just happened to be in the right place at the right time, right time. and met in college. Yeah. yeah. And so it's interesting that you say the bedrock of who you guys are and what you wanted is what really kept you guys like growing and like probably will continue to keep you guys growing. Yes. The one thing, the one thing I've realized beyond no matter what crazy chaos you guys came from in going forward, um, is like communication. Yeah. And I wonder, do, do you feel like it was helpful? Like you said, there was like a whole bunch of questions that you guys got out of the way, but like, was it like a, to your advantage or disadvantage as a new couple in your communication skills? Or did you guys kind of work around that in those two years before engagement? Well, you know, the, the years leading up to our wedding, um, when we got engaged, we were like, okay, we have such differences that we're not really clashing on right now, but we Mm -hmm. need to get ahead of. So good for you. We went to couples counseling, like premarital couples counseling. I did that before we got pregnant. Yep. Great. I feel like everyone needs to do that. They really do. Yes. They suggest it actually. They do suggest it before marriage, but it's more or less like, oh, we'll go see a priest or, oh, we'll right. go see somebody in the church and we'll just get it off the list of things to do. Yes. But I, it, I think that it, there is a reason for it, for sure. And uh, like for his rabbi to marry us, I had to do an intro to Judaism. So we had, mm-hmm. and he was also exploring church with me. So we were intertwining our faiths. And mm-hmm. then we went to um, going to the chuppah, which was like um, learning about our journey with, through marriage. And then we went to mm-hmm. counseling for, um, how we were going to raise our children once we did mm-hmm. enter this interfaith, uh, relationship and right, right, right. So on and so forth. And okay. that really weeded out some things I knew we would cross, but mm-hmm. we went ahead and got ahead of just like, um, smart divorce. What would we what are we going to do if we ever get divorced? Because yeah. even though we both say, oh, we're, we want to love each other forever. Like, yeah. What's set in place? What is mine? What is your, like, we did all yeah. of that before we yeah. even get there. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. We learned a lot, but these are things yeah. that we would have. I mean, we will get to the point in our life, like, what do we raise our baby? You know, religion, do yeah. we raise our baby? And we already right. hashed that out together. Like we are on the oh, same good. page about that. So amazing. by the time and we were pregnant, it was okay. You know, we got it worked out. It's so important. So many people don't, don't realize that stuff. And it's like 50, I guess, what is it? Like 49% of marriages end in divorce, which I'm yes. honestly, we are knock on wood Very, for you and me. Yeah, You and wood, me. Wood. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the thing is like, is if you take it for granted and you're not coming from a place, this is just my opinion. If you're taking it for granted and you're not growing and learning and trying to learn to listen and like be present, I yeah. feel like that's when it slips out of your control or rather out of, focus. You know what I mean? Totally. And like, and like, I think once it's gone, you really can't Can't get get it it back. back. Right. I don't think people realize that like it's worth fighting for like preventatively. And I think if anything, bachelor might've helped you realize what what's worth fighting for. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And someone gave me the best marriage advice to this day. I still quote it to like my friends getting married. The best advice I've ever gotten is that 
everyone says relationships are 50, 50. It's not, mm. it's 100, 100, because mm. at one point in your marriage, you're going to be on 1% and your partner has to pick up the 99 and then vice versa. So like, it's always 100, 100. So yeah, that other person can kind of come to where you are and vice versa when they get there. So I love, I love that, that. And that's so true. Yeah. And then even if they don't ever get to that 1%, they, you'll have so much surplus of love and understanding that like, there really is that goodwill that just grows over time. And it's like, like nourishing it. And it's, by the way, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a lot of work to do that. It is. It is a lot of work. Everything, anything that's good is very hard work. And people just see Mm -hmm. like Instagram and you're happy and you're like posting about this or that. And no one has any idea how hard you had to fight to get there, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's like, there's like a part of the audience that wants to know that. Then there's a lot of, you know, so many more people don't, they just want the pretty pictures. And so now it's like, you've kind of grown with him and like, of course now you've grown your family, but what was it like realizing how to sort of have your influence monetizable? Like I've seen Ali Fedowowski do a really great job of it too. And I mean, like, are you guys, are you guys kind of looking to one another to be like, cause I know I, when I started monetizing, I looked at like Beverly Mitchell yeah. and, um, she was doing all sorts of stuff at the time. And I think she's scaled back now and I hadn't even had a YouTube channel, but I was like, Oh, like I could get free baby stuff. Like that's when I started doing it. I was pregnant and yeah. I was like, Oh, like this stuff really adds up. And then it was like a whole different thing after like my first big baby, like deal or whatever. Yes. And I like literally got to move from LA where there were like screaming homeless people, which is horrible. But at the same time, you don't want to have to raise your child there. Yes. And I was kind of done with LA and I was like, oh, I get to go live by my in-laws in Orange County. And so that influence equaled something I was able to help my family with. So like yeah. people don't really, and that's when people hate on sponsored content. I'm like, wait, so you're going to go watch Netflix and Disney and you're going to see all the ads and you're going to see all the placement and you don't even realize it, but then you're going to hate on me just trying to like mm-hmm. my family. Like, right. <laughs> right. And like, it's like, if you were offered that, you would do it too. So like, why are 100%. you hating? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that the energy, like specifically on TikTok, my experience has been that people hype each other up a lot more. Um, Instagram, it, it, I mean, like you have some really great fans that I feel like are probably really hyping you up there. Um, I, I, for me, it's been hit or miss and like, you know, I don't get, I'm not in the millions and I probably will never be there, but no, with TikTok, you absolutely I will be, Oh, you you're so be. sweet. Oh, you're 100%. so sweet. But on you though, sorry. It's like, I keep trying to like chat, um, and talk about myself, but it's, um, how, what was that influence like? Like you knew you had that millions of followers. Was it just growing over time? Were you like, were you like plotting like over time? No, I honestly had no intention. Like I just went into, into the bachelor and not having any idea or any reference. Like I didn't know you could make money on Instagram. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know I'd wake up and have a million followers. Like that was not my intention. I think that's why I was kind of depressed afterwards. And yeah. I didn't know what to do with it. I had no, I lived in Arkansas. There's not even yeah. an entertainment like 
nothing there. You're like, where even, am I supposed to take pictures? <laughs> yes, like in the in the wheat field, in the rice field. Like, what am I? I mean, I that could work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what to do with it. So there were I I actually did not start monetizing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when they told me I, they were considering me um, to be the Bachelorette, they told me not to do any any sponsored content for a year because they would drop. You get cut. So a lot of these girls you think are going to be the next bachelorette, they get cut because they're doing sponsored content. Wow. Okay. So I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then I didn't do it for a year. Then that passed. And I waited another year because I just didn't know what I was doing. And finally I had, I think it was Amanda Stanton. I don't know if you've ever met her. Yeah, I know her. I follow her. (laughs) She's so sweet. And she said, Raven, it's like in her little voice, Raven, what are you doing? Like you could literally be making so much money. And I just didn't (laughs) understand. I needed someone to help me get that. And so, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) long story short, I made a plan with Adam and said how Mm -hmm. I grew up not wealthy, not middle-class. Like I, I lived in, um, like at the school I graduated from a hundred percent free and reduced lunches because no one's parents at the school made above the poverty line. Mm -hmm. And so I like to hoard money. So I don't spend Mm -hmm. any of it. Mm -hmm. And I was getting to where like, I wouldn't even buy a new pair of shoes. Like someone Mm -hmm. on Instagram was like, you need a new couch. It's disgusting. I'm like, Oh, I kind of do need a new couch. Like it's really bad. And my, so Adam taught me how to invest my money. So I'm really Mm. grateful to like the partnership that I had with him because he lived this other world I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. And he was, Mm -hmm. he was able to, once I started, um, getting deals, he was able Mm -hmm. to take my money and put it in places where it could last me a little bit longer and grow. Amazing. Amazing. And it was just like, I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing because I fought it for so long. Um, yeah, what I was just thrown into, I really did fight it because I just didn't see the value in being popular famous or, um, (laughs) having a a following. I didn't see the value. And to be honest, sometimes I still feel that way sometimes because I'm like, is it worth is it worth my peace of mind okay. to that's be fair. on social media all the time? You know what I mean? I just, that's it's fair. this balancing act that I always have, but I come from Well, and different- it's tricky because people have been inside of your intimate moments, so, so to speak, yeah. for a while. And so like, you don't get all of the um, upsides of being famous. You guys get yes. pretty much, anyone who's in reality just gets like, the worst part of it, I think. Yes, they do. Um, they do. But like, it's interesting now because all the A-list celebrities like are like with this whole like Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial, like their yeah. intimate moments were publicized in a way that was almost like a reality show in and of itself. Absolutely. So like reality is kind of making like some A-list, A-listers are becoming more exposed um, and it's becoming way more court of opinion for everybody now. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's like, a reality star. Totally. And like in the early 2000s, you would just maybe see like a bad headline on one of the gossip magazines in the grocery store. And that's right, it. Right. You don't, right. you don't know anything else. And then right. you see a little clip like, 
oh, I saw her and she was so rude to me at the restaurant and Mm -hmm. she was awful. And like those voices were not elevated until now, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. Whether it's, it's true or not, <laughs> I don't. You don't right, even know if it's truth. true. That's that's the truth. That's absolutely the truth. So, but you and so in some ways you're kind of Teflon, but you have every right to be like, yo, I've been living like this for a while. I'm done. And now you're mm-hmm. a mom. Yeah. And I was I was so excited to know you even before, and I was excited to follow the pregnancy and, and like, I was really happy for you. And yeah, um, you said the same thing. My dad said, you said that was fast. I said, that's exactly <laughs> the words my dad said that that was, fast. Oh, that's right. I did. Oh my gosh. That was rude. I'm sorry. No, that was, it was so funny. I laughed out loud. It was so funny. I think so I was true. just like really, I was really happy for you. And obviously <laughs> if you guys were doing it that fast, it's because you really were excited about yeah. it and you were ready. And yes. um, I mean, how, how are you, how are you doing? Like, let's talk just as two moms, like what's happening? Oh my gosh. Is, so is your baby sleeping through the night? <laughs> he's, he's in that four month or sleep regression, but mm-hmm. he's so yeah. good. And like, I was yeah. so ready and I, good hate that so many people, I mean, it is truly yeah. the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also yeah. the easiest thing I've ever done. If that makes sense. Like, of course I love it. And there mm-hmm. are, the days are so long, but yeah. the months I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've only had him for four months. It, you know, it just flies yeah. by. So I'm kind it of does. getting a glimpse of what the future holds with that, but everything is so good. I just feel so lucky. Yeah, And honestly, I just feel, I've always said my whole life, I'm going to win the lottery. And I do (laughs) feel like I won the lottery, like how this has all happened has, I mean, just having my baby and our, my life now, I literally hit the law, hit the lottery, all seven. That's good. That's awesome. That's really exciting. So he's been good. He's been a good baby. You know, I, I think I read somewhere that you guys, you did end up having, you had like this, it was an emergency C-section or something. Yes. Emergency C-section. I pushed him for, oh gosh, for hours. I was probably in labor for 20 hours and he was just not coming out. Um, yeah. I started running a fever. He was in distress. So yep. we did the C-section yep. and he was there. Yep. Isn't it funny how like you have this plan in mind and you're like, okay, like I, I would like things to happen a certain way. But then when it comes to there, like immediately, like the baby isn't even out of you and you're still thinking in that moment, like do whatever you got to do to get him out. Like, I don't yes. care what happens to me, but like get him out, get the baby out safely and let's go. Like, let's do it right yes. away. Like the minute they say. I even had two epidurals and a spinal block and I still felt everything. I even felt, oh, girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt them cut me open everything. Oh, and all oh, I no. could do is that they're like, oh, we have to put you under now. And I said, no, I have to see him as soon as he's here. I have to see him. And I, all I could think is like, just get him out. Like any, the, yeah. any way, just get him out. And it, yeah. He came. <laughs> he came out. It's funny. And then what's even crazier is how we heal. Like we, yes. like women are straight up unicorns with oh, the way that they can amazing. like, right? And it's it's crazy. I and I tell my husband I have so much respect for single mothers because mm-hmm. it is oh my gosh, we are not supposed to live our lives like this. We are supposed to have a tribe of women helping tribe, us. Village. Yes, mm-hmm. a village and like yep. helping us do yep. this. And I just, oh yep. my gosh, the single yep. mothers out there, I just 
yeah. I truly have an appreciation for them. It's amazing yeah. what they do. Yeah, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. And then it bring it brings you back down to being just so grateful for those that are helpful around you. Yes. And like you know, yeah, no, I, girl, I know what you're going through. So if you, I, 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 I really do mean it. Like, please text me if you ever need. Yes, anything. you're so sweet. Yes. And I do. I actually, you know what? I'm I'm supposed to go to Dallas Comic Con. Um, and I wonder if you guys want to come say hi. Oh, I would um, love that. It's going to be, it's going to be not this weekend, but next weekend. Okay. It's, um, it's, um, I'll have to send you the info, but how yeah, fun. No, no, me. it's on the 17th. It's okay. It's the 17th of June. Um, 17th, 18th. And that would be really fun to be able to see you and have. Yes. I would love um, that. Love, love, that love that. We'll cool. do dinner or something. That would be so fun. Well, thank you for all the tea and the exclusives and all of your wonderful stories. Thank you for um, having me. I just feel like I just, <laughs> just yes, you were blurting it all out on you. I could no, talk no, to I, you for hours. Oh, thank you, sweetie. And I, I really do care for you. And I'm oh, super excited you. about your journey. And like, I can't wait to see what else is coming. Is there anything that you want to like, maybe like maybe mention or there are things in the works like or where can we find you that kind of thing yeah I have a website that will be up and running in the next few months that I just it's a landing place for everything going on in my life and also just a okay. place a happy place when you click it you're gonna be happy and we're just gonna be Ooh, friends and I really I love that yeah I'm super excited so that's what I got going on but um you okay. can find me on Instagram Raven Nicole yep. Gates and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Raven, for being on the podcast. Of course. Thank you so much. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham, and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.